Welcome to the most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Featuring at least three different books every week. Starring Martha Steele. The weirder the book, the better. Vonnie Golden. Historical fiction with a side of trauma porn. Keith Steigert. Reading the books your mother warned you about. Megan Runyon. Reading YA and whatever her current fixation is. These people People are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time. They are three book girls. You know, I had to ask Keith, we're on what, day five of the new year. Are you in book jail already for our Avoid the Store in 2024? I avoided stores. Did you buy the book? And I. I'm paying my punishment as I go. So I already donated I'm donated the money for buying a book this year. And it was stupid because I already had it, but I had it in paperback. And my other copies in the rest of the trilogy were hardcover. And I've mm. always wanted to make them all f- match. Which is funny because I make fun of other people for doing that. Sorry, <laughs> Allison. <laughs> well, you... You know, you're not the only one in book jail because Rachel called me yesterday and she goes, I don't know what happened. I like blacked out and then I hit buy book. And, I and blacked I, out. I wish I had known that blacking out could have been an excuse for it. Well, I would can, black out a lot. I can I can tell you, Keith, that that could be available as a future excuse if I just leave that <laughs> little part out of the podcast. <laughs> and then you can put that in your pocket for later <laughs> so you are not alone in being already paying a charity on day five of avoid the store in it's 2024 funny that you said it's like day five because it feels like way longer so i was like i'm doing pretty well but no oh god i think i bought the book on day three <laughs> That's I think this like one Rachel bought hers too. It was bad. I still think that's super negative and that you shouldn't avoid the bookstore at all. Ever. Because that's, I went that's to just a negative. Yesterday. That's just... I went to a bookstore yesterday and supported local and did not buy a book. I was actually really proud of myself. <laughs> but you should buy a book from local. See, I don't need to buy any because I don't even... Wait, do I still have the number? Like, I went through and counted the number of physical books I have that I haven't read, and it's insane. And that's not counting everything that I have just on um, Kindle. But see, I went I went to Second Story and did their silent book club. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I saw that. Yeah, and I bought a hot chocolate because, you know, I got to try the hot chocolate because it, like, ambiance in the atmosphere was already a plus so the hot chocolate being good was just like a cherry on top situation Mm. Uh, and the hot chocolate was good and they serve it in like a mug like a real mug like a ceramic mug nice things that excite you yes Um, well they and the person that makes them i think may be local and they actually also sell her pottery like there so they pottery. okay i have to go there yeah yeah we need to go there because they're awesome and it was so like fun. a silent book club, you, you guys just go and read whatever you want. Everybody okay. just yeah. goes and hangs out while reading yeah. silently yeah. to themselves. It's sort of like when, remember when you were in school and a teacher said, okay, we have 20 minutes left in class, read silently to yourselves. Sustained mm-hmm. silent reading class. Yeah. yeah. Well, in the first, they there's this from five to seven, which I do love because they're right down the street from my office and I leave work at four. So I went and had dinner in the pizza place that's like right next door and then went into the bookstore. So it's like perfect for your downtown working folk. But they, the first hour, you kind of, people just kind of wander the bookstore and chit chat a little bit. And then everybody kind of picks up books and people are like getting recommendations which also this martha would probably like this they get uk covers <gasps> oh keith's face too <laughs> yeah oh damn they get uk covers like they had um uh one of the romance happy place does that sound right mm-hmm. keith mm-hmm. um they had the u.s cover and the uk cover dude nice. the tj Kong uk covers are amazing 
I didn't see. I think they had the U.S. version of T.J. Klune because I did look. Okay, uh, good. I don't feel like I'm missing. I'll keep my eyes peeled because it's. I won't go every Thursday, but yeah, every Thursday from five to seven they do Silent Book Club, and it was That's packed. Really cool. I it was. I there still want to like do this. Twenty people. I still want to. I I still want to do this idea, you guys, where everybody gets a, a a tag when they walk in that has what that's a, a different color, or you get a different tag for every genre you like. So, so it's like a mixer party, and I like it by looking at somebody's tag, you know what kind of books they like, so you can discuss that's- books with strangers. No, I like it. I think she's, it's a great She's got idea. this nasty grin on her face. I have to know what. I was just thinking it's kind of like a swingers party, but for readers. Exactly. Instead <laughs> yeah. of those, instead of those bath scrunchies put on your, um, on your car antenna, nice. it would be, you know, you get your little tag with your name on it with the different colors, depending on what genres you like. And then Good there idea. would be a mixer section, you know, where everybody would get together and, you know, you could talk about different stuff and and maybe do some games or something, some readery I, I did sell a copy of Remarkably Bright Creatures for them because one of the girls was holding it. And I was like, my friend Shona read that book like three years ago and has not shut up about it. Like, you need to buy that book. <laughs> like. I was like, she cried reading that book. It, it was such a good the book. book. It was such a yeah. good book. Has anybody else heard the the book publishing world drama with Martin St. Martin's Press? Yes. What's happening with St. Yeah. Martin's Press? So one of their employees, one of their editors, somebody tweeted, said, spoke into existence. Um, so like the most like racist comments ever and like they haven't publicly like done anything about it and all of of book talk and book twitter and probably bookstagram i don't know um there's like a boycott happening like you can go buy there so they're asking like quote unquote you know influencers um that you can still go buy the book to support the author but if you're like posting on social media to like not talk about that book what book is it any book by this publishing house by yeah you read a lot by st martin's press don't you keith yeah but um i'm not doing anything because uh, i don't have a side in this hamas versus israel thing so oh that's what oh is that what started it Yep. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I figured it was some, but people are, because I was like watching a couple of videos and like people were like blurring out book covers and I'm like, what are they doing? Like they were updating their book journals and I was like, why are you not showing? Like, is it an arc? And then I saw like a couple in a row and I was, and then I finally found like the video that explained what the hell was happening and I was like, oh. So it was just okay. an, it was an employee, not the author. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was like a, a person in PR or something. Hmm. Yeah. Which, like, I was talking to Rachel about it today, and she's like, to me, like, that just hurts the authors if you can't, if you're not supposed to talk about their books. Like, it'd be different if it was, like, a, the author, like, a specific author that you were like, don't buy their shit, they're terrible humans. Yeah, because, I mean, if somebody works for a company and they're an asshole, you can't blame the whole company. Right. Now, if, I don't know, like, who knows what's happening internally as, like, HR's front of it, but, you know, like, well... People told the company, and the company isn't isn't reprimanding them for saying what they said on social media. Oh. But I... Hmm. I, And I don't, I didn't follow it that deep, but, like, part of me also is like, well, if it's their own social media, if it's not the company's social media, as a human... Yeah. In a free country, you're allowed to have an opinion even if everyone disagrees with it and thinks you're terrible. You are allowed to have an opinion, but I'll I'll just say that my company has sent out stuff saying to be careful how you represent yourself. Yeah. Because especially if you have that company listed as your employer. Right. It reflects on anything that's attached to your social media, including your employer 
Oh, for sure. It, uh, most companies have a social media like policy that's slightly vague and uncom and like kind of up to interpretation. Yeah, <laughs> like, and a lot of companies check your social media now before they, yeah. as part of like the interview process. Yep. Now, I mean, mine's set on private, so there isn't really much that they can see on mine. Not that I'm trying to hide anything, but yeah, I don't even have them listed as my employer either. So yeah, but it's interesting. If something were to go awry, they would not be implicated. Oh, right. one day, one day when I lose my mind and go on a major rant, I'll probably get fired. <laughs> <laughs> I know it in advance. I'm just going to turn on the radio and it's just going to be Martha on a rant. And I'm going to be like, oh, no, I go I'll pick her up. Nope, I'll never do that. I'll never do that. But I may go on a social media rant. I have done before. Before the 2016 election, I went on a rant. Yeah. Yeah. And then I but went on a rant the day after the election at work and nearly got in trouble for that, too. Yeah, I remember that. It was not it yeah. was that was not a good day for me. And then in 2020, I actually took off work the day after the election. And I plan I to do that, that forever. I'm not going to work the day after the election. Yeah, because I'm not going to be able to get on the radio and fake it if something horrible happens again. Yeah. Book talk has had so much drama between the author review bombing the St. Martin's press guy. Like there's been so much drama in like two months on book talk. It's kind of been crazy over there. So I have a question that's non-topic. Oh, okay. yes. Martha, didn't you read a book called um, a book where uh, there was a virus, the animals had a virus. So people, so um, humans were like breeding people as meat Yes, she did. It what it was like something flesh. Um Is it like a Ruth Ozeki? I'd have to look no, back at that. No, that media. no, you're thinking of something else. That wasn't a that wasn't about a virus. Where they were breeding people for meat? Oh, breeding. I thought you said breeding. Reading. Ba 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 breeding. reading. Kind of like cattle. Uh, yes, I did. People. Yes, I did read a book about like that. Desire of the Flesh or something like that. It tender, sounded like it was... Tender is the Flesh. Yes. Tender is the Flesh. Yes, I did read okay, that. Okay, there is a girl at work reading that. That is one sick fucking book, you guys. It is yeah. sick. Seriously? She... Did you... Her new... Her new year's resolution is to read more books, and that's the one she started with. That's a that's a bold you need to jump. take her aside and say, honey, not all books are like this. This was an interesting <laughs> choice to start out with. Oh, no, we went down that dark road. I'm like, if you like dystopian talk or novels like that, let me tell you, Christina Henry, you oh, need to read. OK, um, uh, the red. What was it? The Red Wolf? The one that I did with yeah. Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah. Yep. I said, you need to read that one. I said, it's not very long, but if you like the one you're reading now, you should try that one because she's dark and. Oh, okay. So, all right. But not suitable for some. I actually <laughs> did hear somebody. This was up when I was up in Minnesota. We're walking through this bookstore and it's a, it's a little tiny used bookstore. Well, combination used in new bookstore in Park Rapids, Minnesota. And I'm walking through there and this girl who couldn't couldn't have been more than 20 walking through there with her mom and her aunt. I mean, I'm just guessing it was her aunt just based on, you know, some of the different people she was with. And she she walks up to the lady at the front. No, before she walks up to the lady at the front, she's talking. She's looking on the shelves and she's going, my friends are all reading this book called tender is the flesh and i'm gonna see if they have a copy and me being the person i am looked at her and she's like this fresh face cute little girl in a pink sweatshirt just cute as a button i stick my head around on the corner and i said do you know what that's about because it's really gruesome just thought you should know and she goes well what is it about? <laughs> so I kind of filled her in and her mom's eyes got huge. And she's like, I'm not quite so sure you should read that. She goes, 
I thought it was about something else. <laughs> oh, sweet summer child. I know, right? But you know, you you just don't know True. anymore. True. You don't like, know, you don't. but her, she there there's no way this girl would have I mean, no. Sometimes you can't judge a book by its cover, but in that case, I think you kind of could. You know, somebody had to go first, and you and Rachel like head head to head. I don't know who hit order first. <laughs> yeah, but that I, I swear that was like a a one off because I saw that book. Like it was a hardcover copy of this book for eight dollars new, oh. and I was like, okay, that's fair. And it had already been on sale, like on a Target sale for fifteen, and I was like being. I was an idiot and I said, that's so much money, which is dumb because it's not that much money. But so I don't anticipate buying many more because, oh my God, I went through my books again yesterday and was like, there are a hundred thousand that I have not read that I own. Yep. But it was kind of exciting looking at them and remembering that I own them. So what, what's the first one you're going to pull off there and read? I the book I'm reviewing. <gasps> Yay! Bonnie, oh. <laughs> what did you pick for your first read of the year, assuming you read it this week? Well, I wasn't going to review my first pick of the week, but then... But now Megan's made you. No! No, 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 no. no. Because uh, uh, topics that we discussed earlier kind of go with the what I read from my first pick. Oh, which, well, there you go. I mean, honestly, I didn't really give much thought of my first pick. It just happened to be what came in from the library that week. I had one book in my queue, and this was it. Well, there you go. So the first book that I read for 2024 is called Perfectly Nice Neighbors by Kia Abdullah. This kind of plays in to the whole thing that Megan was talking about earlier about um, social media being such a big part of everybody's world. Mm. It has a lot to do with this book. It starts out with a family who moves into a new neighborhood and it's a predominantly white kind of upper-class neighborhood. And they are either Indian or Middle Eastern or Pakistani. I'm not sure of their, I'm not quite sure of their ethnic background because they never actually said in the book what exactly it was, but they move into this neighborhood. And of course it's, it makes me think of a neighborhood kind of like Martha's just for the fact that it's a little bit upper class. The neighbors all know each other. And so as soon as they move in, they get invited to a barbecue to meet all of the neighbors. And that sounds like something that would happen in Martha's neighborhood. It totally sounds like us. So they go over and everybody is really nice, but automatically they think that they had government help buying their house automatically. And um, the wife, whose name is Selma, you know, is like, no, we bought it privately. And they're like, oh, oh, we just thought that it was, it was pegged as public housing. So automatically there's already kind of this, almost like they're pigeonholing them or what do you call it? Stereotyping. Yeah. Automatically, it's almost like they're stereotyping them. And then somebody says something about they should have brought more spicy food than what they brought. Because, of course, they brought something to the picnic. And Bill is one of those people that just lets everything fluff over. He's very much like a duck. Mm. You know, water just rolls off the feathers. Rolls off the feathers. Selma... kind of gets her feathers ruffled by these comments. And then after this picnic, the next day, I can't remember exactly if she was leaving the house or if she was in the house and sees, but she sees her next door neighbor, Tom, throw a rock and knock down this flag that they had in their garden that said Black Lives Matter. 
and he threw a rock and knocked it down. Salma, who is a little snarky, goes out and gets the flag and puts it in their front window. And the next day when they wake up and are sitting to drink coffee and eat breakfast or whatnot, um, she looks and somebody has painted their front window white over the flag, over where the flag is. So this kind of starts this little bit of tension and war between the two neighbors. And... uh, this sounds like it's going to turn into an investigation ID episode real quick. Oh, it escalates. It escalates because then what Salma does is she posts a picture of it on social media Whoa. and she doesn't name anybody or anything. She just puts the picture up and says something about, uh, you know, like, thank you, tolerant Britain or something like that. Well, her neighbors see the post and know that they're talking about them, even though she doesn't name them in the post, nobody else would know. And then the war is on and it escalates into some more social media posts. Um, and people end up getting fired over it. And the whole time there's this racial tension between her white well-to-do neighbors and them. And the way that it spiraled out of control was crazy. And it was even believable that it would, that all of this would happen. And I mean, I'm not going to tell details, but they end up in court. Not surprising. It ends up into a court case. A lot of neighbors end up in court. (laughs) But I mean, over, it gets really, really bad. And the wife who lives next door the neighbor wife her name is linda and you know she's has grown up rich and so she's white rich beautiful privileged and you can very much tell from way that from the way that the character is written it's a very accurate portrayal because i have met people like this that they do things thinking that they're doing it because they're a good person, but there's this underlying stereotype of I'm better than you. So I'm going to help you out by doing this and you should appreciate it because I'm taking concessions to make your life better. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And just, This book was awesome. It was written really well. It was one of those books that when I read it, I lost time. Oh, I love those kind. When you're listening to it in the car, you have to look up and remember where you're going because you're just driving and listening. Mm -hmm. I mean, not distracted, not at all, but yeah, very distracted. But it it was great. And there is a crazy twist at the end that I did not see coming. Some of it I guessed, but I I guessed mid-twist, but the final twist definitely did not see it. And it was just, it it was awesome. It was great. And I just can't even believe the road that this took in this feud between the neighbors. Wow. It really makes you kind of look at yourself and see how the things that you do can be portrayed as prejudice without you even thinking that they are like your intentions might not be you don't think unintentional yeah you don't think you're intentional unintentional prejudice it was a great book loved it I'm trying to think if it gets inappropriate in places I think there's a couple of places that might be a little maybe a two or three Megan blush, but not. And there is some violence in it. Like I said, these neighbors are feuding. Things happen. The most cringy thing I think was um, when something happened to the dog. So pet lovers beware. Does the dog die? 
I can't say what happens oh, to the dog. You okay. have to read the book. Just checking. There's a website for that. Yes. You have to read it. <laughs> There's a website. It. It's called Does the Dog Die? It's probably on there. You can look it up. Some people are very particular about that. Tell you that. Yeah. There's no there's no yeeting of babies. If it, well, I think a lot of people care less about the yeeting of babies yeah. than the killing of dogs. They do. The killing of the dogs. I don't understand that, but yeah. No dogs die. No dogs die in the telling of this story. No, oh. no animals were harmed in the writing of this book. Because it's fiction. Good stuff. <laughs> oh. But it was great. It was a really, it was a really good book. And it's been a while since I've read one where I've actually lost time. And that again is called Perfectly Nice Neighbors by Kia Abdullah. It was awesome. Martha, you should read it. You would like it. I'll put it on my list. Made me, made me think of people that I've met at your pizza parties. <laughs> my shitty know? neighbors are moving. I'm so excited. Just yes. out of the blue. Do you remember that book, Boy Who Swallows Swallowed the World? Yeah. Did you know that they had a Netflix series? Boy Who Swallows Universe? No, I did not yes. know that. The Boy Who Swallowed the Universe? Yeah, it just... Netflix is on my TV and you know it's doing the whole like commercial thing because it's been paused. I'm totally gonna write that on my thing so I can watch it. And that came up and I was like, what? I love that book. All right, anyways. Okay. Keith, you said that you pulled something off of your shelf to read as your first. I did. So for people that don't realize it, Megan and I and a few other book girls are doing this challenge because we all realize that we have tons and tons of books and yet we keep buying books. So we're trying to read off of our shelves. And I have a really ridiculous number of books. It's like somewhere in the 600s of oh, books shit. that I haven't read. Yeah. Yeah, it's really bad. But... What it did was it, and that's not even the books I've bought on my Kindle. I mean, that's in the. You can't count those of, anyway. Is that no? I don't think physical they books. Kindle. Physical books. Yeah. So yeah, we all kind of made our own rules and stuff. And by all means, if any of you book girls want to do do this with us, like I might have to post every once in a while when I mess up to keep myself accountable <laughs> on the squad page. I think you should. You I think it'd be good for the whole. For people as a whole, as keeping themselves, holding themselves accountable for their resolutions. Yeah. Yeah. I'll post, I think I posted like a little graphic on our socials, but I don't know if I put it on the squad page. So I'll put it on the squad page this week so people can join in and chit chat. But yeah, so what a lot of people don't realize is that we often get sent books by publishers and we are asked to review them. And I do that almost exclusively for the podcast. And I give my honest reviews. And um, But this year, no. I am reading books I own. And awesome. it's going to be fascinating. <laughs> so I started with, and people might not know this, but um, I read a lot of YA like Megan does. Yay! Yay! So, uh, now I'm nervous. New Year's Eve, I <laughs> read this book trilogy and it is called The Inheritance Games by oh. Jennifer Lynn Barnes. I haven't gotten to those yet. I'm so excited to hear what you have to say about that. I know, right? It's like one of those series. I like to wait until series are done because I don't like waiting for the next book. So this is a finished series for anyone who thinks they might want to start it. So it is a trilogy. It's three books, but they are like shorter books. And for people who really enjoy short chapters, I have never seen a book. Like these books each have like 80, 90 chapters, but they're like a page or two long. So if you read by the chapter and you want to read some real quick, holy crap. Um, so the Inheritance Games is about this girl named Kylie and... She lost her mother um, like two or three years prior and her father isn't really in the picture. And so she has an older sister, Libby, who has taken her in and she and Libby don't have a lot of money. Um, 
they work like they work as waitresses and that kind of thing. And Libby is in an abusive relationship and Kylie and Libby just aren't living their best lives. And then all of a sudden somebody comes out of the woodwork, this lawyer and says, we have been looking for you for three weeks. There is a will reading. We cannot read the will until everybody who is named in it is present. And you are named in this will. And it's for this mega billionaire in Texas and they're in Connecticut. So they have to fly down on this private jet, you know, the whole big shebang, like we're talking like insane amounts of money here. And when the will is read, there are all these people who were descendants of this old man named Tobias Hawthorne. And he really loved puzzles and games and um, riddles. So when the will is read, he has left $50,000 a piece to his daughters and 100000 a piece to his four grandsons. And I think he leaves something like 100000 to the people who worked for him, like the people who kept the house and everything. And everything else, like the house, the business, the philanthropic endeavors, like everything is left to this girl who has nothing to do with them. Oh, shit. I mean, she's just this, I think she's 17. So she's just this girl that, and that's one of like the many mysteries that there are. Everyone gets a letter to open and all her says is, I'm sorry. And it's signed by this guy. And that's all her letter says. Wow. But there are all these weird little riddles and puzzles and every year this man he has this insanely huge mansion and every year he adds a room on and he has for like the last 40 years or something he, he builds all of these weird things into the house so there are secret passages and all the nine yards i mean i bet now i didn't read about it but i bet anything that there is like a bookcase that opens into the bat cave somewhere Ooh, in this house. <laughs> that would be so cool. It reminds it reminds me of the um uh the rifle guy, um, his house. Oh or her house. Winchester. 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 Sorry. Yeah. I was yeah. just looking that up because I was like, I watched a documentary about that. Yes. 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 So so one of the big riddles that they have is they want to figure out why this girl inherited all this money because he literally says nothing about it or why everybody else has been disinherited from the will. So there are so many riddles. There are so many twists and turns, so many mysteries. I've heard it compared to knives out, but I mean, it's, it's kind of like, it's a young adult novel. So the and there's romance and it's really like kind of that weird angsty kind of you know when you're 14 yeah. and 15 kind of <laughs> but the riddles and everything they're really interesting and the mysteries and everything are really cool so it's just thing after thing after thing so i mean if you can make it past the weird middle schooly I mean, it's YA. It is what it is. So, I mean, there, there's no spice, obviously. And there's no real like, oh, well, you're very scared and this is horrific. No. I mean, it's just a lot of fun. But if you're looking for something that you can finish relatively quickly that has a whole bunch of different riddles and twists. And after I started reading it, people were like, my kids were like asking me questions and I'm starting to try and think of all these weird things they could be saying that they're not because my mind is all messed up and now i think everyone has an agenda and everything is different <laughs> than what it's supposed to be so she was here i think in edmund at best of books sometime last year and i didn't know it and I, that's why i started it really be paying, fun. yeah that's why i really started paying better attention to who was coming to town like best of books and stuff because i was like who else have i missed yeah but yeah so that's a whole trilogy that i have knocked off my bookshelf i mean it's staying on my bookshelf but Three and down. that again was the inheritance games by jennifer lynn barnes awesome awesome 
I've picked those up so many times. I know, right? Yeah. Same. I haven't bought them yet, but maybe I'll do it one day. Do you feel a sense of accomplishment for having, you know, popped your bookshelf, popped your bookshelf cherry? I feel it's nice. It's nice, but it's also creepy having to pick my own books to read. Because then it's like, okay, you have 600 books to read. What do you pick first? Ah. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of had to just throw a dart at my bookshelf and be like, okay, I'll start there. Awesome. That's a good dart. You hit a good book from what everybody says. I'm hoping my mood will just kind of direct me from here on in. But like Megan said, there was a lot of pressure like, oh, it's the first time I'm like, what's the first one Uh I'm going to pick kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I sat here and we got home from the cruise and I sat here and stared at this bookshelf and I was like, what do I want it to be? And I had like four different things in my head. And then I was like, nope, the first one you thought of, that's the one you should read. Cause you thought about it on the cruise that you were going to read. And so but yeah, I'm never why doing do we that. put so much pressure on ourselves. Like why does the first read of the year have to be like astounding like what I would happen if we just read something crappy oh, that I would don't be know. me so that would be me i did that thing yeah that's me. okay good glad glad you took one for the team. yeah i did i did okay good thanks martha You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> all right well i'm still in christmas land because i was reading christmas on the cruise um and so here we are because uh holidays are fake and taylor said i can read whatever the fuck i want when i want so that's right Still doing Christmas. Except for October. You read a Christmas book in October and I will boob punch you for that. (laughs) No, that's a deserved boob punch. There are better books to read in October. Okay. All right. So this week I am reviewing The Christmas Cafe by Eliza Evans. And this is just a cute Christmas book. So we have Sylvia. She's our main girl. And she works at a cafe in this little town that I I can't, it's like silver bells or something like that. And she, it's super cute. And she works at the Christmas cafe because everything in this town is like Christmas themed because they live in the middle of like snow land and everything's Christmas themed. And she's like the head chef, like the head baker, but she basically kind of runs the cafe. Like the owner like pops in and out, but he's not really around. So she's like in charge. And the equivalent of the Hallmark Channel, the Holiday Channel or whatever they call it, decides they're going to film their one of their Christmas movies there. And so the, she is like, everyone's so excited because like, oh, it's going to bring tourism because people are going to come and see where the movie was filmed and all that. So we our other character we meet is Royce Elliott. And he is the actor in this Hallmark movie. And for Bonnie and any other person that reads Twilight, all I could picture was Rosalie's husband because his name was also Royce. And my first thought was, this guy's already a douche. I know by the name because Stephanie Meyer has conditioned me to not like him. Um, Poor Royces of the world. I know, I'm sorry, Royces. (laughs) Stephanie Meyer has ruined your name and all I see is Nikki Reed in bridal gear with red eyes coming for your neck. And so we meet Royce and he seems like a good guy. Like, he seems okay. He actually helps Sylvia catch her dog because her dog's an escape artist and he ran outside in the morning and she ran out after him in, like, her bathrobe and, like, runs into Royce. So Royce is kind of taken with her a little bit. And then we have Claire, who is Sylvia's sister, but she's also the mayor of the town. So she is a little uptight because she is the mayor and just, like, she just shuts off her emotions and just, like, goes full speed ahead with whatever needs done. Claire and Sylvia's parents are both deceased. Sylvia was actually adopted, which comes into play later with a storyline for Claire. But she's basically been part of their family since she was a baby. They kind of forget she was even adopted. Like, it's fine. It's not like a plot point of her, like, journey, so to speak. So come to find out, the cafe is in danger of being closed because the owner's like, I want to retire to Florida. Screw this awful winter crap. I'm going to sell the cafe and I'm going to move. And Sylvia's like, no, like I can save the cafe. We just need to like make it a destination. We need to get a film, a scene in the movie here. So people want to come here. So she gets this harebrained idea that she's going to save the cafe. So she 
goes to Royce and is kind of like, hey, like, do you, like, they've kind of become friends. Royce pops in and out. People are in town are, like, mouths to flapping because they're like, why is Royce talking to Sylvia? What's going on? Oh, my God. Like, what's happening? And <laughs> they're all going crazy because it's a small town. So they're kind of, she's kind of using him, but she does care about him. Like, she doesn't, like, hate him by any means. And then we have our local boy, Abe. And Abe is like the local farmer. He brings eggs because they have a dairy. And he's just like the good guy who's always there when there's a crisis. They've known each other forever. And you kind of get the feeling that Royce is up to no good. Because all of a sudden, there's like paparazzi pictures in the paper. And they're of Royce and Sylvia, but like they don't name her they're like mystery woman out with royce in small town while filming like that kind of like for those who are celebrity people it's like a back grid shoot uh because back grid is who all the celebrities hire to like take fake paparazzi pictures i could i won't tangent but it's like a back grid shoot if you know you know <laughs> i'll just say that and so she's kind of like what the hell is going on and he's like oh it's nothing it's whatever so there's 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 kind of mistrust on both sides at this point because or not mistrust necessarily but plots are going in multiple directions i guess and there is like a big christmas ball and there you get they have a miss christmas gets crowned and the town like nominates the person in town that they think has uh, um, exudes the most christmas or whatever <laughs> so it's super cute um, it's kind of Sylvia's journey and part of the reason she's so connected to the bakery it's where her grandmother also worked and her grandmother's the one that taught her to bake and her grandmother's passed away so she's like trying to cling to that memory of her grandmother and baking there um, and so it's just a cute story everything is not as it seems and it is a little bit of like the love triangle because you kind of get the like does Abe like her? Does she like Abe? Or is she going to be with Royce? They're like, what's really happening? And it's just cute and cozy. And I would love to live in Christmas town for like a day, just like one Hallmark <laughs> day <laughs> and enjoy it. And you'll just have to read it to find out what happens to the cafe and who she ends up with, or if she ends up with either of them, because hmm, maybe she's a badass, strong, independent woman. We don't know. I mean, she is badass anyway. She's like running a bakery, but here nor there. <laughs> uh, so it was super cute. I recommend it. And that is The Christmas Cafe by Eliza Evans. Awesome. Christmas. I'm still wearing my... You do have your, your llama shirt yeah, on Yeah, my ugly llama Christmas sweater that I wear every time it's cold, no matter what. No matter and what time of year it is. Damn cold here. It's in the... 30s here and cold. we're about That's to get Fahrenheit. two weeks of cold so our winter is full swing now today i read a bunch of eh stuff at the first part of the year but since i had COVID all week long it was simple for me to pick up another book and try again so i read like six books this week <laughs> trying to find you know something that would work so, do you think that maybe they were eh because you had no blood oxygen and everything felt like death? Uh, yeah, that probably could have been part of it. Okay. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Yeah. So the book I'm reviewing is called My Murder by Katie Williams. I was going through some of the articles because I, I tend to do that this time of year. Go through to see if there's anything huge that I missed over the past year. So... As I was reading one of those articles, this was in there. This book was. So uh, just on a whim, I checked to see if our library had it. They did. It was a fairly short read. It was only eight hours. So if you're an audiobook reader, you know that that's pretty dang short. The average for me is about, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 hours. So eight hours was a breeze kind of didn't realize I guess that this was sci-fi adjacent I just figured it was a murder mystery so I was pleasantly surprised when I began reading it to discover 
that it did have some sci-fi flavor involved in it. It's about a new mother. Her name is Lou. And she is murdered along with several other women by this man named Edward Early. And the first part of the book is our introduction to Lou. After she's been brought back from being murdered, she's been basically a part of this government program that has cloned her and the other girls that were killed by this guy. Probably one of my biggest critiques of the book as a whole and as a sci-fi reader, we are very interested in the details. If it's a murder mystery, it's a murder mystery. If it's a sci-fi, if it's a, it's a sci-fi, you don't just want a little flavor of both. <laughs> you want details. So it was it was kind of jarring at times to read it without getting that rich detail. It was more like, oh, well, everybody knows that this sort of, you know, everybody knows that cloning is a thing and you know it's like you just don't really get a lot of explanation so Lou notices some weird things because obviously she has the memory and like I said the details there was no detail to this and the reason that I'm reviewing this book is because the concept was so excellent and it was a fast read. If you're not too picky about all these details, then you might enjoy it just for the concept of it. It was sort of like watching a sci-fi movie where you, you don't necessarily get all the details. But anyway, she had all the memories except for right the day before or a few days or weeks before her murder. She had all of that memory and everything in place. Her baby is a toddler, young toddler. And a lot of her life is taken up with, you know, being with the baby. And there's a lot of nostalgic stuff that goes on of her being with the baby and and her husband seems like such a nice guy. And, but she has these uneasinesses that sort of, she knows that something wasn't quite right with her before she died. But she doesn't know what the details are. So it kind of bugs her. But she's also part of this group with the other girls that were murdered and brought back. Kind of reminds me of the final girl support group. Remember that one that I reviewed a while back where the girls, you know, get together and talk and whatnot. But there are also a few other futuristic details that are sort of added in to make this more of a sci-fi feel. For example, the job that Lou has is as sort of like a, a hug counselor. But she does this work through a video game called The Room that was actually banned because people wouldn't leave. They wanted to go in there and never leave because it was very comforting, evidently. So she is a counselor as a part of this and she goes in and it's like hug therapy that they do through video games, which is kind of a cool concept. You don't get a lot of detail on that either. <clears throat> The other thing is, is the girls, um, there's a video game that has been made out of their killing. Like, people can go in and play as the girls, and the object of the game is not to get killed by this serial killer named Edward Early. And then they adjust it so that you can play as the killer. And it's really creepy. And not that any of that means anything. Because in the whole... It's, it's kind of a frivol frivolous detail, really. It just adds flavor to the story. It's not really what the story is about. 
But this group of uh, kind of internet sleuths kind of speaks to Lou and insinuates that her murder was didn't add up with what some of the other people experienced for example the the women who were killed by him their shoes were taken and then set up and left in a public place in this park so you'd just see the shoes sitting there and people were doing it as a prank and everything like that well after this was finished. It's just a weird and creepy thing. But there were other details about it that made her murder slightly different than the other murders. And then they make this sleuth group makes, gives her doubts. So she makes arrangements to go to the prison to speak to the guy who killed them which is in itself super creepy because they're dead and then they're cloned and then they go and meet their killer. So conceptually, it was a really cool idea. Um, but it, the, and the execution could have been done a little better in that, you know, working out the details, allowing us to see what the details were, spending more time on that would have helped make the story a little bit richer, I think. It, it was very twisty. At the end, there was a very big surprise twist, which was good as a murder mystery. And as I stated before, it was kind of a short book. So if you kind of like a little sci-fi flavor, but aren't really fussed about the details, this might be the book for you. It was a very enjoyable, very fast read. If you can suspend your, I don't even want to call it disbelief just your disappointment as a sci-fi reader that there wasn't more to it. I, I, honestly, I think it would have made a good movie and might make a good movie yet. Just because it's got some cool potential for the different types of things that are involved in the story as a possible futuristic, you know, m murder mystery. It gives it a more right. interesting twist, something completely different. So, and for that reason, I would recommend reading it, just not by somebody who's a super duper sci-fi reader who's going to get pissed off that there's no detail whatsoever in the book about the cloning or about any of the other cool shit that comes up in it. And that was called My Murder by Katie Williams. And I did listen to the audiobook and it was excellent. This is off topic, but did you guys, okay... Because we're readers, you guys know what it means when there's an award ceremony for um, adapted screenplay, right? Yeah. I mean, it generally Correct. means that yes. it's based on a book or something else that's already been done. Right. Yeah. See, Megan knows where I'm going. I do Did know you where you're going. you see that they're making the Barbie movie? Um, the category for the, for the film is like, like they have to go under adapted screenplay because... They're basing the movie on Barbie, the toy. Yeah, it's bullshit. What? So it can't be an original screenplay. It can't be Isn't that for weird? Best picture and stuff. Like, or what it, was it adapted from? There's no story. A doll. It's a doll. Thank you. Exactly. But Can they're be, saying that because, like, oh, well, over the last 50 years, like, Barbie lives in Malibu and whatever, oh. whatever. Like, I guess but, kind of that makes sense. But because that's more like canon than is, it is a well adaptation. The thing is, is she is such an iconic character. I feel like it's a And there have slope. been a lot of Barbie movies over the years. Yeah, but I mean me, a like, lot. If you if you and took... video games and all kinds of different she is Yeah, I'm. I'm. You. You have to but, do that because I mean. Are, yeah. Can it be nominated for best picture still, or can it yeah, only be nominated as best adaptation? No, it can be nominated as best picture. Can it? Yeah. It can't be original screenplay. No. But can it still? If I did see that though, Keith, because I called bullshit on that too. I was like, no, because it's not adapted. 
from because then i'm like sitting here and i'm thinking about all the other things like yeah but there's like barbie books barbie cartoons yeah, movies there's I been mean... so much barbie stuff like yeah. way before but like, i don't yeah, but it I doesn't go off kid. of any of that i mean it no. goes no, off the fact it doesn't that she's blonde but... and pink yeah yeah but, i but... agree i agree with keith on this one but mm. it goes off the fact that, you know, Ken is always a secondary character. Yep. She is who she that, is based on all of the things that have come before. So you sort of but, have to have the movie makes fun of all those things. Yeah, but it's not an ad. You haven't adapted it from a specific like source. That'd be like. Taking. They have to do something. Like, I think they did it because be like she is a specific source, though. But she's not like, that'd be like saying, well, that's adapted from, a, I'm trying to think of a good example. I can't. That's like if one. they make a He-Man movie, are they then going to say it's adapted from a toy? Like Batman. Yeah. Like all the Marvel They would movies, have to. Every- they would have yeah. to. Because they'd have to now. Yeah. Now they've set a precedent. Yeah. I think they did no, it that's because interesting. They, they weren't able Marvel to. Marvel movies, are they all adapted? I mean, if you want to go off the same idea of like He Man, yes, they all been adapted from the comics. Yeah, and they didn't create those characters. She didn't create that character, and so it makes sense that it is adapted because the creation of the character is part of original screenplay idea. It's like the difference between Frozen Uh, and Cinderella. Frozen, no, because those are two different characters. No, but listen. Frozen was a completely original no, story. Hans Christian Andersen wrote a, mo- a book about a snow queen. A snow queen. Yep. Okay, so that's a bad example. But you were all, I see where you were going. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Sh- I'm just but... wondering if we have... Shrek. I'm kind no, of wondering if we have ever had an instance where we have had a movie already come out where it could have been an adaptation or it should have been an adaptation based on what they're doing with the Barbie movie now. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Oh yeah. Well, we should have a discussion. But based I mean, yeah, like, ju- like, cause maybe our listeners would have some thoughts on that same idea. So we could start a discussion if we want. We're going to have to I'm wrap really this up. To think of another, I yeah. know. I'm trying Sorry. to think of another really good, like example of something like, because the Paw Patrol toys came after the show. <laughs> if just Paw thinking... Patrol was nominated for an Oscar, no, well, I, I, th- I would have that, other think, issues. Yeah. I think of those as toys, but I think the toys came because of the show. Yeah, right. Like, the, like right. So I'm trying to think of something else that was a toy first. Anyway, that, like, yeah. I, See, this is a, a thinker. But I okay. I'm gonna Google because can it still be nominated for best picture? Yes, because they not... were talking about it being nominated for best okay. best picture on the show that I was watching yesterday. But but that was that before or after they made this announcement? Because I have no idea. I've been under the weather all week, so I wasn't really paying that close of attention. I bought a Barbie. Sounds after like the movie Ken's came idea. Out. I know you what? told us that you bought a Barbie. Oh, bar- what? Which I one did, did you buy? I bought Travel Barbie. Of course you did. <laughs> she came with her own camera and suitcase. Because <laughs> you are Travel Barbie. I am Travel Barbie. There were a couple times on vacation where I like looked around and I was like, there's 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 Beach Ken. <laughs> His job is I want to get Sugar Daddy Ken. Ooh, there Sugar Daddy Ken is what Bonnie needs. <laughs> she needs the Sugar Daddy Golden Bachelor version of Ken. <laughs> no no I, watched, I think i'm good there i watched barbie on the on the airplane and i was like my favorite scene is still when they all the the kens are like i'm gonna beat you off i'm no i'm gonna beat you off because <laughs> like i haven't you know seen it, it i haven't seen it yet megan so you're just fucking oh, the whole wow. thing up for me it's not it's like one scene they're, they they're gonna have a beach off but you know what it sounds like to your ears oh, when you have okay, multiple yeah. people saying mm-hmm. and they say it for like three minutes like all the different kens i'm gonna be i'm gonna beat you off i'm gonna beat you off <laughs> so it's one of those moments as a parent kind of, kind theater, of like, like kind of like fish sticks and fish dicks i can never unhear that i don't even remember where that came from do you like fish sticks i love fish sticks 
Fish sticks are delicious. Is that the voice of people who love Yeah, you ask them, you know, do you like fish sticks? Fish dicks. Because it's just your ears. Yeah, your ears just hear what? They hear fish sticks. Sticks. Yeah. <laughs> you, we need to, we, yeah, the bar, you got to watch the Barbie movie. It's so good. Oh, I'm sure I will. It's just a, it has, there has to be the right time for a woman of my age who lives with her husband in the house by ourselves to watch that no, movie. No, just turn it on. No. no, you just turn it on. It's just because it's not like a kid's the movie. movie. It's the, good. the mood is not right for me to watch it oh. by myself. Is what I'm trying to say. Oh, okay, <laughs> I'm just... not drunk enough to watch it by exactly. myself. Exactly, it's... it's so good. You we don't need to be it. drunk to watch it. We should it. watch it as Vonnie and I should watch it together because we would laugh our asses off. That's we need to cur- make it into some kind of drinking game. Yes. No, it's not that kind. It's not that cheesy. It's not that kind of movie. It is cheesy. No, it's, it's not. Barbie and Ken. I've no. seen the previews. No. It looks cheesy as it's hell. Not. We will it enjoy. We will enjoy the cheese together. Vonnie and I will get a nice cheese platter. Well, let me know when you're crying into your wine because it's not what you think it's going to be. Oh, we'll we'll laugh and, and cry. Wine. We said drinking game. <laughs> I believe there's gonna that, be shots involved. I believe there will be tequila involved. Maybe we'll do it when everybody comes up for the book sale. Is there any kind of pink liquor that we can get? Mm, let's see. I'm sure there's some kind of uh, strawberry or raspberry flavored, like li- schnapps or liqueur, vodka. Yeah, is there pink vodka? It's not well, that there's kind of movie. Cinnamon I'm schnapps. You. That's red though. Isn't it? Oh yeah, I guess it, it is. Pink? It's gross, is what it is. Okay, yeah. we'll we'll find something pink. <laughs> There's a strawberry cream liqueur. I know. I'm not into strawberry. I can't stuff, have but... cream liqueur. Oh, you want shit. me to watch it from your bathroom? That's right. I forgot. Miss lactose intolerant ass over there. We might have to. Uh, we might have to uh, <laughs> just break out the food. You can have a strawberry daiquiri. There you go. Yeah, that would work. Strawberry daiquiri mm-hmm. would work. We need to watch this in February when everybody's here so I can watch you all cry through this movie because it's not what you think it is. I mean, I, I, didn't cry, I don't but really I get think it. that I would cry at the movie. Bonnie wouldn't cry. She would not. I don't think Bonnie or Martha would cry. They would, they, no. We would laugh and enjoy it, I'm sure, for the empowerment. Well, there's definitely laughing and enjoying, but there's, <clears throat> it's deeper than what the previews make it look like. I know it is. I've heard. <laughs> But I'm still going to laugh like hell and cheese out on it. Do not. I like that movie. Do not try to keep me from enjoying the cheese factor. No, there are moments that are wholeheartedly cheesy and worth being like cheesed out about. But there are deep moments. Don't cheese me off, Megan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Can we end with Barbie? I feel like now I need to find a Barbie book. Do we need to go read? I want to see a movie that involves oppenheimer and barbie so something gets blown up toy story uh, <laughs> exactly <laughs> there know, you go dude. that slinky dog is yeah. based on a toy i think that should be an, an adaptation if you got to get start working on that start working on the uh on the adapted screenplay for slinky Dog. you know what martha i don't think we even need the barbie movie for a drinking game i think we should just re-listen to podcasts and every time megan mentions somebody famous we take a shot we would be drunk would after not 15 it, minutes we wouldn't make it through one podcast we wouldn't should we just say drink bonnie <laughs> drink every t- drink. every time i need to go get my peanut butter whiskey out of the freezer every time megan drink. breaks out into spontaneous famous people bullshit we'll just go drink <laughs> And then Thanks. everybody can drink along. It'll be great. You know what? That would be a fun drinking game. And then we could take rocks and go knock stuff out of your neighbor's yards. <laughs> I know a certain flag that we can deface right now. <laughs> They're going to use these historical documents against me now. I know. You, I know. <laughs> you got yeah, me. Something going to happen in the neighborhood, and this is going to be like that's right. This They're is going to play court. They're going to yep. play it in court. They're going to yeah. be like, remember that time on your podcast? You said you're going to knock my shit over. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, they but won't. you know what? It's publicity. That's right. <laughs> Even bad publicity is 
good publicity. That's right. Even there's the no publicity such... that can get you incarcerated. There's no <laughs> such thing as bad publicity. So I guess that jail time is not going to deal with itself. We better get busy. We got new Harry Styles back red pictures. Drink! And... Drink! 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 And that's going to do it for... If you made it this far, you are truly bookish. So go to Facebook and join your fellow book lovers on the Three Book Girls Squad. Follow Three Book Girls on socials and be on the lookout for their next live event. Proud of their lack of shelf control, Three Book Girls is a Steel Trap production.